able to grow and enjoy the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. We have a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast, and uh, from time to time we'll let the guests do their own introductions just in case I miss something. So, John, go ahead and give us a brief introduction on yourself. Sure. Um, I am uh, John Tammy. I'm the head of the Center for Economic Freedom at FreedomWorks, and um, editor of Real Clear Markets, but also the author of three books. Uh, my most recent is titled The End of Work, How Your Passion Can Become Your Job, but I also have books titled Popular Economics and Who Needs the Fed, and it's a thrill to be on. <laughs> now, uh, you have got uh, some amazing, amazing stuff going on. First of all, tell us a little bit about your work at Freedom Works. Well, our view is that the only way to change what happens in Washington is to play to the incentives that drive people. And so if we can, if we can get more and more of our politicians um, elected, as in people who are truly for limited government, our goal is to build a coalition of people who truly want to shrink the size of government. And if we can get enough of them elected, um, the feeling is, is that we would have a coalition that could truly drive policy here. And so we try to educate people around the country. We have activists around the country who actively seek to change the debate because we know that politicians won't change unless they feel the heat uh, on the ground in their districts around the country. So our work is involved in, in making sure that we have activists uh, changing the discussion around the country and with that hopefully getting the kind of people we want in Washington. Fantastic. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live. The End of Work, Why Your Passion Can Become Your Job. And uh, the author, John Tamney, with us today here in a broadcast. Now, John, why did you decide to write this book? Because this is a tremendous, tremendous book. Thank you very much. The reason I wrote it is because I wanted to understand why people work so hard. And uh, in particular, I wanted to understand myself better. I used to think I was lazy. Um, when I, in other jobs, I, there would be a lot of times where I would just dread work and I would put in the minimum amount of hours and I thought there was a defect in me. And it turned out what it was is my capacity for work is endless when I'm doing something that interests me. Uh, now that I'm a writer, it's nothing for me to write all weekend. It's nothing for me to spend weeks and months on end writing a book just because I'm passionate about it. And so my argument in the book is that everyone has work ethic. Everyone has intelligence. The problem historically is that the work that, that enables them to reflect that ethic and that unique intelligence hasn't been there. My take in the book is that nowadays there are more and more forms of work that, that elevate all sorts, all sorts of skills such that we're on the verge of people not working precisely because they're doing something that they love uncontrollably, as in it's the end of work because work is more, is more and more about us pursuing our individual passions. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. And uh, End of Work is the latest. We're talking about it today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, um, this book, incredibly well written. Tell us a little bit about the writing process for this book. Well, it was that was probably the funnest part. It's such a good question. Um, I had... In, in trying to understand myself better and why I'd suddenly become this person who'd fallen in love with work, 
I thought, okay, well, it's not, I'm just a writer, but uh, what's going on out there? And so I read and I researched and I read magazines a lot. Sports Illustrated was a great source of information, but I read women's magazines, books, you name it. And what I kept finding is that, wow, look at the various jobs that are out there that never were there long ago. Um, 150 years ago when you were born, even in rich, in rich United States, your only option realistically was to work on a farm six days a week, um, dawn to dusk. Didn't matter if you loved it or hated it, that was going to be your job. Uh, but nowadays, we have people who can make a life of work out of their love of football, out of their love of shopping. Uh, we have people who can, who are quite literally making a living, living playing video games. And more interesting about this is that it's increasingly the case that people make their living as video game coaches. When you and I were growing up, if we had said we're going to be video game players as a career, people would have thought looked at us and, and thought we were a bit odd. If we'd said we were going to become video game coaches, they would have wanted to commit us. But these are now <laughs> Yes, yes, they and would have. The you're, you're, yeah, I'm disagreeing just, with you, my friend. They, they would have. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's just so amazing. And, and what, what's important about all this is that people are afraid of automation. They're afraid of robots. And my argument in the book is that, no, 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 you should love automation and robots because the more that we can automate away the creation of life's necessities and also its luxuries, the more that individuals will have time to do the things that they love for a job. I mean, think about it. You and I are quite literally paid to read and be informed. Do you realize what a triumph of capitalism it is that you and I get to do something about which we're endlessly passionate? And I'm merely saying that, that there are going to be more and more people like you and me precisely because of, of capitalism and prosperity, and yes, the automation of the work of the past. It's absolutely amazing. We've got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. John Tamney with us. The end of work, why your passion can become your job. And he joins us today here via the magic of Skype audio. Now, um, what's the message you'd like readers to get from your book? Well, the main message is that I, that I keep pounding away at, and, and, and I alluded to it earlier, but it, I, it can't be stressed enough, is that, again, you are not lazy. You also don't lack intelligence. What, you are, what you're suffering is that you're in the wrong job, a job that does not elevate your intelligence. If you find the work that elevates you uniquely, you'll find a work ethic in yourself that you never imagined. And my point in the book is that more and more it's the case that whatever it is you're passionate about, whatever it is that you can't wait to do every day, whatever it is that you would pain you not to do on your own, on your own time, increasingly there are jobs that reflect this. And so that's for the young people and even people in middle age who are reading the book. For parents, the book was written to say, if your kids don't like school, if that's not their thing, don't worry about that. What should concern you is if they lack passion or interest in anything, because thankfully we live in a world in which there's no way schools can educate us for the jobs of the future. The economy is moving too fast. It's too dynamic. What's important is that, is that kids have something that they're interested in because guaranteed as the economy involves, there will be a job related to that interest. We've got the great author John Tamney with us today. The End of Work. 
When your passion can become your job, he is the editor of Real Clear Markets and director of the Center for Economic Freedom at Freedom Works, and he joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about how your book relates to some of the different things going on in today's marketplace. Um, Apple becoming a $1 trillion company because of free market capitalism or tariffs or protectionism. Give us your details on this. Oh, well, Apple very clearly became a trillion-dollar company based on free market capitalism. Let's not forget that when Steve Jobs returned to Apple in 1997, um, the expectation was that it was going to die. In fact, no less than Michael Dell said, just liquidate it, put it out of business. It serves no purpose anymore. Um, Apple was nearing bankruptcy, and if not for a loan of $150 million from Bill Gates, it might have gone bankrupt. No one, or very few, expected Steve Jobs to turn it around in the way he did. That's why if you purchased Apple shares uh, back in, in 1997, you would have made a fortune. Because the expectation was, hey, this company's in trouble. And the guy that was fired the first time, who's had a fail, failed company since then called Next, Odds are this isn't going to be um, this isn't going to be a, a, a major turnaround, but he did, and he did it by virtue of creating things that people never knew they needed. Um, think about what phones were like before Apple came along. Think about what computers were like before Steve Jobs returned to it. He created all all new products, all new ideas, and so without question, this was about free market capitalism, and it was about entrepreneurialism against all odds. Um, with endless doubters. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live, John Tamney. He has got the end of work while your passion can become your job. And he's with us today here on our broadcast. What do you make of uh, Trump's threat to double tariffs on some of these Chinese imports? White House warns that 25% tariffs on China. Give us some details on this and how your book applies to some of the different issues of the day. Well, it's it's a very good question. For one, I'm against it, and for the reasons that we just discussed about Apple. Um, Apple is the most valuable corporation in the world. What's interesting here is that Apple gets 25% of its revenues from sales in China. Um, Apple's most profitable product is the iPhone. It gets 20% of its sales from the iPhone in China. And so when we talk, President Trump talks about putting up barriers to to Chinese goods in the U.S., he's increasingly the odds that the Chinese could say, okay, we're going to slap it on your most prominent comp- companies, Apple most notably. And so it's, it's problematic there. If, country, if people in countries aren't allowed to sell to us, they logically can't buy from us. And the simple truth is that China is increasingly a large market, not just for Apple, but Boeing sells a quarter of its planes there. GM sold more cars in the first quarter in China than did in North America. Nike's number two market is China. Um, there are double the, double the number of Starbucks in Shanghai alone relative to New York City. This is a huge market for U.S. for U.S. companies. How does it apply to my book? Look, the more that that, that we're dividing up work with the rest of the world the more we can specialize. If you and I are living on a desert island, you and I are going to have to do work that has nothing to do with our skills. 
But if, if suddenly a thousand people show up on that desert island, we can specialize and do work more associated with our skills. The fact that the Chinese are entering the labor force and producing alongside us is wonderful because it frees us up to more and more do the work that we most enjoy. We've got a great guest with us today, John Tamney, with us. The end of work when your passion can become your job. And he joins us today here on Skype Audio. And uh, he is the editor of Real Clear Markets and director of the Center for Economic Freedom at FreedomWorks. And he joins us today here on Skype Audio. Now, um, this book, absolutely amazing. You've done a lot with this book. What's been some of the different feedback you've gotten on the book so far? Well, um the the positive has been a lot of fun because people have said they just said I I'd never thought about it but then they read the book and they realize okay there are people making money as video game players and video game coaches yep. as I mentioned there are now hedge hedge funds solely focused on people are being able to raise billions of dollars whereby the hedge fund is making bets on sports games as in that's now an investment fund betting on sports um, they're reading about how people can make a living as shoppers, as, as sommeliers. Um, they're reading about how in the 1970s, uh, chef wasn't even a professional classification. Now it's just another alternative to, um, uh, to being a doctor or lawyer. It amazes them when they see the trajectory of pay in sports, such that in the state of Georgia alone, there are 36 high school football coaches who earn in the six figures. And so the evolution of work excites people. That's been the positive. Uh, the negative is I think some people have, have looked at the book and they've said, oh, well, you're just talking about the outliers. You're talking about the, the very few who can, who can, who can transform their work. And, that's been disappointing, and I have to remind them that, again, 150 years ago, all the people I describe in the book could not be doing what they're doing. And that's what's crucial. The more the economy evolves, the more that people will get to do the work that elevates them uniquely. It, it definitely is something that uh, needs to be discussed. I'm glad that you're discussing it in the book. Um, what's been, uh, I, I guess, some, some of the reasons why you put some of this in the book? Well, uh, for, for, for all the, I want people to, I could have done a, my first chapters about why um, college football players should major in college football, but increasingly uh, football is a career regardless of whether or not you make the NFL. And, uh, but I, the other examples, I wanted people to see the breadth of this. And so it just, it, 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 it staggers people when they start thinking about it that, uh, Whereas when Arnold Palmer became a professional golfer and when he asked his, his first wife to marry him, um, her response was that her father said, what are you doing marrying a professional golfer? <laughs> and my point is, is even, even golf back then was just, it was not a career. And nowadays, because of all the wealth we've, we've created in this country, not only is golf a career, but all the jobs that surround it, there are now caddies who get to make a career based on that because they're doing something very cerebral that golfers need. It used to be that golf teachers taught the weekend warriors how to play. Nowadays, the best players have swing coaches. When Andre Agassi played tennis, he quite literally he had a, a racket stringer 
he flew them around the world to make sure that his rackets were properly strung. And you think about that. This guy gets to specialize in stringing rackets and make a great living doing it. What an exciting comment about capitalism. Again, you and I get, get to do something. We're basically compensated for reading. That's amazing. It is. It is absolutely, absolutely amazing. We've got John Tamney with us today, the end of work. While your passion can become your job, uh, tell us a little about the cover of the book. Oh, well, the cover is basically, uh, the idea there was that uh, have just a basic generic office um, as the cover, and the idea there was to show this is what work used to be, that it used to be somewhat more of drudgery as in you'd show up to a generic office and do your daily thing, whereas, again, increasingly we're not going to have to do that. Work will will be someplace that we race to because it will be where we, we show up and showcase our unique skills and intelligence. This wasn't in the book, but it's something I've, I've written about since in columns supporting the book. But isn't it interesting that when Peyton Manning retired from, from professional football, he cried. He bawled his eyes out. He was giving up something that he loved uncontrollably. Com- combine that with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but he's been fighting every single day to get his body back in shape so that he wouldn't have to quit working. Think once again about what this means. What a triumph of capitalism that these two people don't want to stop working because work is where they get to be superstars. And my point once again is that as the economy grows, more and more people will view work in the way that Peyton Manning did and Tiger Woods does that's where they that's where they're happiest because it's where they get to be a star yes yes we have got a, a great guest with us today joins us today here in a broadcast john tamney now um john talk about i i, I could, could kind of follow up there there's uh, you mentioned the peyton manning situation and tiger woods and people who are already in it who are making a lot of money and are doing a job and they don't want to give it up um, talk about the other side of this where, like, for instance, um, well, I'll, I'll give you a good example. There's there, there's uh, professional wrestlers that they want to get to, you know, the WWE, and they, they want to be big deals, but they're just killing themselves on the indie scene for, like, 20 bucks a night. But they don't have a problem with that, and, they're <laughs> and their goal is to get to where they're making the buku bucks. Kind of talk a little bit about that. Well, it's, it's, it's addressed a lot in the book, not specifically through wrestlers, but yeah. truth be told, through me. Um, I, I'm once again a writer. Um, I write op-eds, I give speeches, I write books and everything, um, and I'm compensated for it. But I wasn't always compensated for it. I began as my bio used to be John Tamney as a writer from Washington, D.C., and no one paid me for what I was doing. But I loved it so much that I thought I'm going to do this over and over again, get better and better at it, and eventually I'll make it my career, and I've been able to do that. And so when you mentioned that the guy's making $20 a night uh, wrestling kind of outside uh, the the, the big time of wrestling, everyone's got to start somewhere, and and that's what's exciting. Um, I I point out in the book that 
you shouldn't worry about doing other jobs. I, I've for years done all sorts of side work to pay the bills so that I could be a writer. Yeah. And I tell people in the book that don't don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed about taking other other jobs to pay the bills so that you can focus on what you do be, what what you think you'll do best. Um it's worth the sacrifice if if if, you, if the end result is you get to do something that you really enjoy. And it'd be worth the sacrifice either way because um it's fun, it's exciting to pursue something that you're really interested in. That's fantastic. We have got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. And uh, tell us a little bit about your writing style for this book and, and, and kind of how you put the book together and, and what you set out to do. Uh, but give us a little bit more details on, on the writing style that you have. Well, um, my critics would say it's pretty short. <laughs> they, they would say that it's a quick read, and, and um, I made it a quick read by design. I had initially titled the book The End of Laziness, and my point was, again, I'm arguing that as, as work evolves, uh, more and more people will escape laziness because work will be where they get to do something that they really enjoy, hence they'll no longer be lazy. And so I made it very short by design, as in I wanted people to think, okay, look at the book and say, yeah, I'm lazy, I don't even like to read, but I'm willing to do this because this book is rather short. And so I like to give lots of, um, div- uh, lots of simple examples, but ones from the real world, frequently from entertainment and sports, because people grasp entertainment and sports. It's something tangible to them. I use those examples to make broader points about where, uh, where society is going and where, and where work is going. Uh, just as an example, in Chapter 3, I make a case that education not, not, won't be that important for future success in the workplace. And I point out about how the Beatles, the Beach Boys, John Mellencamp, um, the Rolling Stones, most of them didn't know how to read music. They weren't great musical scholars, but so what? They had a skill. And so I use that to make a broader point. Don't worry about if you're, if you're uneducated or you never like school. The reality is countries like China and South Korea are increasingly prominent countries, but their people are woefully undereducated. So what? Education's not going to carry you in the world we're going to simply because education almost is a rule. School is a, almost as rules teaching you yesterday's news. It can't prepare you for the working world, so don't worry about it if you don't love school. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. John Tamney is with us. He is a fantastic author, and he joins us here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Before we let you go, my friend, how do we get a hold of you online, pick up the book, all that? Well, you can go to Amazon.com. You can go to BarnesandNoble.com. Um, I'm editor of Real Clear Market, so you can go there um, and, and find my columns with great frequency. But, um, you know, uh, it, it, I'm a very optimistic person, so I think the, the, those listening will enjoy my books. They, they paint a very optimistic, but I think very reasonable uh, picture of the economy and where it's headed. And my take is that it's headed in the direction of people falling in love with their work and racing to it on a daily basis because work is where you get to be a superstar. That's, to me, the greatest genius of capitalism. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you, my friend. I've enjoyed the conversation, and we'll talk to you more. Appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for having me on, James. Appreciate Appreciate it. it. There goes John Tamney, and uh, he joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. 
Check us out, BGE Online. Also, check out Build, Grow, and Enjoy out of Atlanta, GA. And that's that. We'll see you next time on Build, Grow, and Enjoy.